the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, there are some people, it's hard to love them, but God loves everyone equally, no respecter of persons, with the same degree, the same amount of love, with no reservation whatsoever. This is awesome. Absolutely awesome. Bible verse John 3:16 begins with for God so loved the world. In today's healing word message, Pastor Jack Morris is going to expound on the love of God for us and how that perfect love is more than just words on paper. It's alive and warm and transforms our lives through his power. Let's join today's message, God's love. I don't know that I have a f- more favorite subject than God's love, the power of God's love is awesome. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. God's great and wonderful love. And we talked uh, about the love of God so often. Uh, We read John 3.16 and quote it very frequently. These words have become so old and so familiar that we can read them and quote them with little or no emotion. We're just so used to these holy words that they just glimly pass through our lips without producing awe or amazement. We've just become maybe too familiar. And so I'm praying this morning that the Holy Spirit would come upon every person here and that we would hear these words like we've heard them for hearing them for the very first time. And that the word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, would sink deep into our hearts. That we would be moved and there would come an awe, a reverence that God loves us. That God loves us. I think everybody here would be able to say, yeah, I believe God loves me. But I mean to really know it, to feel it, to experience the warmth of it. The transforming power of God's holy and wonderful love. Now, this is the thing that amazes me the most, and and I'm awed and I'm stirred by it as I read Romans 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. In what? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's amazing. I can't get over it. I don't want to get over it. While we were still sinners, God didn't wait until we got good. While we were still bad, God came to us and loved us while we were still sinners. Now, once that penetrates my mind and my heart that God did this for me because he loves me, while I was still a sinner, he loved me. He loved me when I didn't love him, when I was paying no attention to him when I was completely ignoring him, when I was breaking his law, when I was just doing everything that I shouldn't be doing, God loved me. That's amazing. Why? Why? 
I don't love people. I, I can't in the way that God loved me when people are treating me the way that some people will treat some people. You know, it's, it's hard to love some people. You know that. <laughs> you know there are some people it's hard to love them. But God loves everyone equally, no respecter of persons, with the same degree, the same amount of love, with no reservation whatsoever. This is awesome, absolutely awesome. Now, once that begins to penetrate my mind and heart, that God loves me that much, now, in return, I start loving God back. That's the only way that I can love and reverence God is to experience first God's love to me. And once I have experienced it, not just read about it, heard about it, but truly experienced it, now something starts happening in me and I start to think, this wonderful God who cares so much for me and loves me so greatly, and now I'm beginning to love him back. Love produces love. Let me tell you a story that happened over 50 years ago at the Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore, Maryland. There was a sociology professor there who who asked his students to go downtown into the slums, inner city of Baltimore, and interview 200 young men and then come back and predict what's going to happen to their lives. His class went downtown, interviewed the students, got their names, address, everything they could get regarding those young men downtown. They came back to the classroom, and that sociology class predicted that 90% of those 200 young men, 90% of them would spend time in prison. That was their prediction. Now, these were educated sociology students. Well, 25 years passed, and now the sociology professor is still there. He has, obviously, a new class, and he asked them, now, I want you, speaking to his class, I want you to search and find those 200 young men, see where they are today. They had their names, their addresses, and uh, they, they began a search. Well, amazingly enough, that class was able to locate 180 of those 200 young men. And they came back to the class and they discovered that only four of those 180, only four of them had spent some time in jail. Now their prediction was absolutely way off. And so now the question in the discussion is, why were we so wrong? Why was that class 25 years ago so wrong? So they began to search for a common denominator, and 100 of that 180, all of them had one particular teacher in common that they reverenced who greatly influenced their lives. Well, now the search is on, where is that teacher? And they found her in a nursing home in Memphis, Tennessee. Well... The news went there to her, and uh, this old, old lady, her name is is Sheila O'Rourke, and Mrs. O'Rourke said that she didn't understand why all this fuss was being made about her. (laughs) She said, the only thing I ever did was to love each one of those boys. That's all I ever did. 
Now, love begets love. Now, her love, Sheila O'Rourke's love, an imperfect human love, gave those boys a life. Now, God's love is divine and it's perfect. If human imperfect love can give a life, what can perfect divine love? It gives eternal life. Friend, God loves you and his love, if you'll open your heart and receive it, it'll change things, it'll turn things around, it'll make everything brand new. Oh, believe me this morning what I'm saying. Believe me, please. It's for your life, your spouse, your children, your home. Love changes things. There's power in love. Now, there are three witnesses of God's love to us. First, there's the witness of his word. He tells us repeatedly, this is a whole letter of love to us. Let me ask you a question. Rhetorical question. You, you think now, you, you answer it in your mind. Who do you love? I want you to think of some people. I want you to name them now. You think about them. Who do you love? Well, I love my family. You know, parents love children. Children love grandparents. There are aunts and uncles and siblings and on and on. Well, that's wonderful. I know you love them. You love your friends. Oh, there's the word. That's the word I'll reach. Friends. Who are your friends that you love? Well, my friends are people who treat me nice. Right? You don't have really, I don't imagine you have very many friends who treat you badly. If they do, you begin to ignore them and separate yourself from them. But friends, friends who treat you nice. People that you treat nice. They do nice things for you. You do nice things for them. Well, let me ask you another question. Is there anybody else that you love other than family and friends? The answer might be, I I don't suppose so. Uh, Who else is there to love? God so loved the world and everybody in it. World meaning cosmos, the ungodly. Sinners, lawbreakers. God didn't love just friends, people who treats him, treated him nice. But he loved all of us so much that he gave his only begotten son. What a gift. Why would God give his son for me? I wouldn't give my son, well, I was going to say for you, but <laughs> would you give your son for me? Or No. Think about it. God gave his son. And when I begin to realize that, and that begins to get inside me and and churn, and and I begin to ruminate that, and belief in my heart begins to grow, and, and, and my spirit is quickened, I find that I can't help myself. I have to love him because he first loved me. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. That's the first witness, the written witness. The second witness is, The creation testimony. Now, Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, that creation itself is a witness that there is a God and a God who prepares for us. Now, we look at the trees, and uh, we were going to put stained glass windows in the building, and we thought we wouldn't because I thought it's so nice sometimes just to glance out and look look at creation and look at the clouds. And so we decided years ago that 
we, we wouldn't do it. And uh, I, I'm glad that we didn't. If I had it to do over, I'd put more glass uh, all over this place so we could look out and see God's creation. But the mountains, awesome, and, and the seashore, and, and, and the beaches, and, and the, the, the heavens, and, and all of the, the planets, and the plains, and and I've, I've flown over the Grand Canyon so many times, and I, I look down. Friend, there is a witness out there. You are looking at God's witness all day, every day. You see it, and you and I pass by it, and we pay very little attention to it. But God's witness is there through nature. Now, it is a limited revelation. It's not a complete revelation. It's a limited revelation, but a revelation nonetheless. Pastor Morris will return in a moment with the conclusion of today's message following this important invitation to join us in worship this Sunday at the Largo Community Church in Bowie, Maryland at either the 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock service to experience a wonderful fellowship of believers and faith-building messages based on God's Word that is sure to encourage your faith and spiritual formation in Christ. The church is located at 1701 Enterprise Road in Bowie, Maryland. For more information, visit our website at largocc.org. Now, let's join Pastor Jack Morris for the conclusion of today's message, God's Love. The third revelation of God's love to us is his son's testimony. Now listen to it again. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. What did he do? How did he do it? While we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now I take a child into a library. A child goes into a library and sees all of those stacks of books on those shelves, books everywhere, surrounded by books, that child is awed. That child obviously will think, surely there's an author behind those books. Somebody authored those books. Somebody wrote those books in all of those languages. And then somebody put those books in a perfect order that they're in. So behind the, those books just didn't evolve onto those shelves and all of a sudden words started to come on pages. No, there, there's an author, there's a writer, somebody who knows languages, somebody who can arrange all those books. Those, that child can look at all of that and be awed by it but never know who authored it, who arranged it on the shelves. Now, you and I can take a moment and we can look out at all of creation. We can see creation we know that that didn't just happen. That is by design. We set our clocks by the perfect movement of the planets. Perfection, only God could do that. If that just happened, confusion happens, but perfection is by design. So God did all of that. These children, knowing that behind the books there's an author, Behind the stacks, in that order, somebody arranged it. Somehow, you and I can look at creation and know that something happened by design, that God did it. It didn't happen on its own, but God was there. And the child is, is awed by it all. Now, knowing that, 
yet the child never knows the author. The child never knows the languages. The child never meets the person who, who put the books there. So what I'm saying is this. Creation is there, but creation is not enough. We can be awed by creation and never know the creator. There are people, you have neighbors, and I do too. We'll ask them, do you believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. But they don't live for God. They don't worship God. They don't go to church. But I believe in God. There's a lot of people, like the child, can look at the stacks and know there's something behind it all, but the child never knows the author. We can look at creation, and we know it just didn't happen that there's, there's an author behind creation, but still never know the author, never know the God who designed it all. Now, Jesus comes today to speak to us about eternity, about God's great love for us, to help us to know him, to serve him, to love him. But some, some way, some way, friend, I, I don't know how, and I'm really having a difficult time right now trying to express myself. We have all of this evidence. Churches everywhere, we know their places of worship. We have all of creation Some people even go to church and join a church and even go through the sacraments and never, never know what it's all about or the person behind it all. How many people come to the holy table and partake? They hear this is the body, this is the blood. They hear it all. They hear it over and over. But they never know the person whose body was broken and whose blood was shed. They know the sacraments. They can tell the history. They can tell what it means. But they never know the author. Some years ago, a young man and his father had a falling out. They really had a bad, bad argument. The boy did something that was bad. And his father was just outraged by what his son had done. And the argument was so severe that the boy left home, left home, gone for several years. The father didn't know where his son was, knew nothing about his son. But the mother knew where the son was and kept in touch with the son. And they wrote letters back and forth. But the mother never told the father because the father was just so, so very angry with that boy. So very angry. Well, several years passed and the young man, it was getting Christmas time close to Christmas, and he wanted to come home. But he knew that if his father hadn't forgiven him, he wouldn't be accepted. But he wanted to come home, and he wrote to his mother. He said, I want to come home. I want to see you and Dad. And the mother wrote to him, and they corresponded back and forth. And so the the boy said, do you think Dad will forgive me and let me back in the house? Do you think Dad will love me? You think dad will forgive me? Well, they wrote back and forth until there's no more time to write letters. This was before email. No more time to write letters. And so the, the mother wrote him one more time and she said, son, I want you to come home. She said, but she said, things have have to be different here in the house. You can't come in unless your dad has forgiven you. And she said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. She said, you catch the train. And when the train nears the station near our house, she said, if there's a white cloth tied on the limb, she says, you'll know to get off that dad has forgiven you. In the meantime, I'm going to talk to your father. 
and see if I can get him to acknowledge forgiveness for you. She said, but if you don't see that white cloth, she said, it would be best for you not to get off but to keep on going. So the boy got on the train. They neared the station. And the boy was so nervous now that he said to his friend that was traveling with him, he said, would you look out the window? He said, I can't. He said, I'll describe the tree to you. But he said, I, I can't look out that window. He said, so they, they exchanged seats. And when they came near the station, a little several minutes before they got to the station, the companion looking out the window said, was quiet. He, he didn't say a word. And then he turned to his friend and he said, there's a white cloth tied on every limb of that tree. Now, in a sense, Jesus is that white cloth tied on a tree called Calvary, saying, I want to save you, daughter. I want to save you, son. Come home. I want to save you. I want to love you. I want to make your life beautiful. I want to help you. Come home. You're forgiven. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. Will you bow with me, please? Father God, Father, a father, just like that boy's father. He wanted to come home for Christmas. Your father, Father God. And Jesus was tied to that cross for every person who will believe and receive. God bless us today. Friend, keep your heads bowed for just a moment. And I'm not going to ask you to come forward. We're under time constraints right now. But you do not know Jesus as your Savior. I want to pray for you right where you are. If you'll just stand up right where you are, just stand up. And I want to have a prayer with you. Just stand up. And I'll pray for you that you will experience his love and that you can just sit down. You don't have to come down here this morning. Anybody? Anywhere? How about those? You you want to experience that love new friend listen to me I, I yes god bless you dear one anybody else god bless you sir god bless you yes yes oh bless your hearts you're near god this morning god is near you those of you who are standing god is near you in a very special way right now oh i'm so happy for you this is your moment God, I pray for these dear ones. How you love them. What a day this is of renewal for them. God, come to them now. Help them with open heart and mind to feel the embrace of Jesus as the Heavenly Father puts his arms around her, around him. Say, you're forgiven. You are loved. I care for you. I want you to know I care for you. While you were still a sinner, my son died for you. And I don't want to be absent from you or you to be absent from me. I come back to you today as you come back to me. Bless them, I pray. In Jesus' name, bless them, I pray. Amen. God's love knows no bounds. It's unchanging and will never be taken from us. 
The promise of John 3.16 is as real today as when the scripture was written. You can experience His perfect love by simply reaching out to God in prayer right now and letting Him know your situation. He is faithful and is waiting for you. The Healing Word is a ministry of the Largo Community Church and exists to grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. But we can't do it alone. Will you consider partnering with Pastor Morris today by praying for the ministry and consider sending a gift to help us in reaching those who are struggling with life's challenges and need hope for tomorrow? You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on the Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. You can also mail a check made out to The Healing Word to 1701 Enterprise Road in Bowie, Maryland, 20721. When you contact us, Pastor Morris will return a note of thanks and will lift your name up in prayer to God with heartfelt thanks and appreciation. Be sure to tune in to WFAX tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you.